everybody. Welcome back for another episode of Coach My World. I am Renee Roberts and I am your therapeutic coach. Thank you guys for your support and your continual downloading of this amazing podcast. Yes, I said amazing. I am tooting the horn just a little bit. Beep, beep. Uh, because it is it is really impacting people's lives such as yours and those that you are passing this on to. I want to just encourage you to continue to share, share, share. It's free. Why not? Why wouldn't we pass on something so powerful and impactful and it's free? Yeah, I can see if I was charging hundreds and thousands of dollars, which is worth it. But, you know, then I can see you're not sharing it. But come on, it's free, guys. Pass it on. Um, you can also pass on while you're passing some information on. Go ahead and pass that website of mine on at com. There you can find links for private coaching as well as every episode of the podcast since its inception. And you can also find me at Facebook and Instagram at I am Renee Roberts. So if you want to see me in some of the elements of my day-to-day -day world, uh, go ahead and check me out there. It's also very inspirational. And of course, my ultimate goal is for each episode to be a therapeutic time of self-discovery, healing, and forward progress for your life. So let's get our lives moving forward. Hey, 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 fam. I hope that you all have been implementing some, if not all, of the information I shared with you in the last episode concerning self-neglect. We were in a season of, we, we are literally in a season of bossing up, queening up, Leveling in, leveling up, but without taking the proper steps and being intentional about taking care of our being, which includes our spirit, our soul, and let's not forget this body. Hey, anybody summer summer ready? Okay, that was just a sidebar. But the only up we will experience is the in this season is belly up, which implies that we will be laid out on our backs from fatigue. That's mental and physical, which could lead to other major mental and physical ailments. So to all of my bosses, to all of my queens and kings, just do it, guys, because your life matters, too. Let's not play with our health. All right. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that right there so that we can get into the crux of this episode about emotional healing. How many times have you ate something and questioned yourself about, about why you ate it after it was devoured? How many times have you eaten the, the, to just calm your nerves or to, to, to de-escalate from some stressful moments? I just need to put something in my mouth. I need to chew on something. I need to crunch something. And how many times... Have you literally set and observed um, how these patterns of behaviors during those times are 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 causing you to reach for particular snacks or or, or particular uh, types of foods? Yeah, I know for me, it used to be a Slurpee from Seven Eleven and some chips. Right? Don't judge me. Or it could have been a large fry and a large sweet tea from McDonald's. OMG, don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. And here's my little, here's my other little secret. I could even eat pizza during those types of moments. Now, pizza is a fave of mine, but um, 
the re- the recollection of this is just too much, y'all. And I, I maybe later I'll share with y'all like something really serious. Mm, I won't say serious, but it's like something I'm not too proud of when it comes to my pizza. Yeah, but just know that yeah, I've 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 done some emotional eating, and if I'm not careful, I still can emotionally eat. But um, some of the things I've exercised for myself, I'm going to share them with you in hopes that it will help you like it's helping me to curb and eventually end uh, this cycle of emotional eating. Now, so those things I just named, those are just elixirs for me. And, and when I would hit certain emotional pain points, I would just have to have those things. Now, I've since learned better, but I can't deny from whence I've come, y'all. It is real, and I know that the struggle is real. It's important to understand, though, that we don't always eat just to satisfy our growing bellies, our growling bellies, our hungry bellies uh, that are really just alerting us of hunger. If we're honest, we can acknowledge that we sometimes turn to food for comfort, for stress relief, or even to reward ourselves. This, my fam, is emotional eating. Emotional eating is when we use food to make ourselves feel better or we use food to escape our world, our moment, the stressful time that we are in. What we are trying to do during that time is fill up these emotional voids rather than fill our stomachs. That's what we're doing. And here's our reminder based on that behavior. Emotional eating does not fix emotional problems, nor does it heal emotional wounds. And and you run the risk of feeling worse after those type of indulgences because most times we overeat during those moments. Do I have a witness on the other end of this podcast? And you know, I'm telling the truth. You know it. This emotional eating is a self-sabotaging. I know y'all hate that word, but I have to say it. It is a self-sabotaging behavior. And how, Sway? How, you may ask? Because when we indulge in this behavior, it sabotages our health. It sabotages our weight, which directly impacts the way we start seeing ourselves, which directly impacts our image, which impacts how we move and navigate through life. It's a domino effect that leads us to not moving forward, to not healing, and to not being able to emotionally regulate. I have a feeling that some of you are listening and thinking, I just like to eat, so I'm not an emotional eater. So this really does not apply to me. I'm just going to listen to support her. Listen, I hear you, but wait, give me a minute, hear me out. Before you totally disconnect from what I'm saying, before you totally dismiss this as not being a part of your life, let me ask you a few thought-provoking questions just to make sure you're not in the number with the rest of us emotional eaters, okay? Deal? All right, let's do it. So first, do you eat more when you're feeling stressed? Note it. Do you eat when you're not hungry or when you're full? Note it. Do you eat to feel better? In other words, to calm and soothe yourself when you're sad, mad, bored, anxious, you name it. Note it. (laughs) Do you reward yourself with food? Note it. I don't even need to give you a long time to answer that one. Do you regularly eat until you've stuffed yourself? Mm. Does food make you feel safe? Do you feel like food is your friend? Hmm. 
And do you feel powerless or out of control around food? Mm. If you answer yes to any of these questions, and I mean any, welcome to the club of EE, the club of emotional eaters. Now, this does not make us bad or problematic people. It doesn't mean we have a psychological problem. It just means we have to gain greater skills and strategies to help us cope and overcome. Say that with me, cope and overcome emotional moments without using food as a means for comfort. Occasionally using food as a pick-me-up or, or, or reward or to celebrate, it isn't necessarily a bad thing now, okay? We're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Did I say that right? Okay, but when eating is your primary emotional coping mechanism, when, you fir- when your first impulse is to open that refrigerator, that freezer, that pantry, that little snack drawer you have at work, whenever you're stressed out, whenever you get upset, whenever you get mad, angry, lonely, exhausted, or bored, you get yourself stuck now in an unhealthy cycle where the real feelings or problems that are provoking you to eat are overshadowed and they never get addressed. We want to break that cycle. I want you to declare with me something right here. No more emotional eating cycles in my life. Say that again. No more emotional eating cycles in my life. Yes. Emotional needs cannot be satisfied with food, fam. Eating may feel good in the moment, but the feelings that triggered the eating are still very much there. They are still very much alive. Don't deny or suppress what you're feeling. Start dealing with them so that you can heal forward. And for those of you that have never, ever experienced my therapeutic coaching, you know that's how we get down. We feel so that we can deal with what we feel, which opens the pathway for us to heal from what we've felt and dealt with. And if you need someone to join you on that journey of healing, why are you waiting? Sus, bro, contact me today. Listen, I know that it sounds like maybe I'm just all women, but I have men clients also, and they are doing amazing. I'm so excited really about the male population that's growing in my practice. But if you're a man too, you can go to my website at iamrenearoberts.com and book your consultation or, or, or just get a full session so that we can get this journey started right away. I would love to join you. So when we don't feel and we don't deal and we don't heal, we compound our emotional problems. And when we do that, we stop learning healthier ways to deal with our emotions. We also start having harder times controlling our weight, i.e. me, that's me, (laughs) we have a hard time controlling my weight when I'm in those moments, which can now make us feel more powerless over both food and feelings. So it was just feelings, but now it's food and feelings because my weight is out of control with all of this snacking, all of this eating, all of this overeating. But after this episode is over, I want you to begin to feel power again. It is within your power to make a positive change for your life. You can learn healthier ways to deal with your emotions, to avoid those triggers, conquer those daggone cravings, and finally put a stop to this vicious cycle of emotional eating. Now, first, in breaking this this cycle, it's important to understand and be able to tell the difference between being physically hungry and emotionally hungry. All right. Emotional hunger comes on quickly and unexpectedly. 
It hits you like it, it just slaps you in the back of your head. It does like a Will Smith on you. And um, it, <laughs> and you start feeling overwhelmed and urgent to eat, you know. And I'm not talking about because you haven't eaten in a long time. We're talking about like you eat. You've eaten your meals. You just ate an hour ago. Um, whereas physical hunger comes on more gradually. The urge to eat doesn't feel as urgent. You're hungry, but, you know, I'm not dying and I I can wait a little longer. And it doesn't demand instant satisfaction. All right. So that's the difference between emotional hunger and physical hunger. Emotional hunger comes on really quick while physical hunger is gradual. A second thing, emotional hunger craves particular comfort foods. All right. When you're physically hungry, almost anything sounds good. And we say that to our children. If you're hungry, you'll eat it. And that's so true. And this includes the healthy stuff that we don't like to eat when we are in our emotional moments. But emotional hunger craves the junk that we've conditioned ourselves to love. And that 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 provides an instant high. It's like it releases some endorphins inside of us. Um, and if you're like me, I needed that Slurpee and chips or else I just felt like I'd die. That's that's what I felt like, y'all. But when I would get that Slurpee in my veins and that chip crunching on my in my mouth and some of you may be wondering, well, what kind of chips? Actually, I love jalapeno chips. So that little that little that clash there. And at one point I got on this whole movie popcorn and, um, you know, icy or slurpy type situation. I think it really was the salt and sugar mixture there. But nevertheless, I needed those things. And that's what I craved. Those were my particular comfort foods that I craved. And of course, the pizza, like I told you. So that's the difference between that, you know, comfort foods, you're going to crave something that is when you're emotionally eating, you're going to crave something that's not good for you. Nobody's overdosing on carrots and raw carrots and spinach and tomatoes like we're not overdosing on that right we'll eat that when we're hungry we make those choices when we're hungry or physically hungry but emotional hunger we want everything but the right things third thing emotional hunger often leads to mindless eating so before i knew it sometimes i would have eaten an entire large bag of chips like and i'm talking about the bag that was for the family not the individual bags or here's that secret i told you i may have told i may tell you i'm going to tell you now or I would eat an entire medium cheese pizza, guys, with extra cheese. I'm just a cheese girl without really paying attention or fully enjoying it. I would just eat it and eat it in every slice until I look in the box and I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me. I have eaten eight slices of pizza. Yo, I am a greedy, greedy gumdrop. So when you're eating in response to physical hunger, you're typically more aware of what you're doing and your stomach actually has a limit when you're aware. You can eat a whole salad and feel like I'm so content. Why? Because I'm aware. But in those emotional moments, I don't want no darn salad. Give me the whole pie pizza and I want dessert, please. Yes. Number four, emotional hunger isn't satisfied once you're full. It becomes like an abyss that never ends. Like, you know, trying to get to the bottom of the ocean. Yo, when does it end? You just keep wanting more and more and, and often eating until you are like uncomfortably stuffed. Have you ever eaten a good old fashioned meal until you just can't breathe? We used to do that on Sunday afternoons after church when my grandmother was alive and she would cook Sunday dinner. Literally just, I just need to sit here because I can't breathe. I just, the food is all up in between my lungs and everywhere else. You know, like that's just how much we would eat. And that was happy eating. It's still emotional 
but it was happy eating. And physical hunger, on the other hand, it doesn't need to, you don't have to be stuffed to be satisfied. Like I said, you can eat a salad and feel good. I'm straight. You naturally should feel satisfied when your stomach is satiated in the proper way, when your stomach is full. And here's a little side note. You don't have to feel full to be full. That's an old myth that we have to see our stomachs poke out and expand to feel like we have some sense of substance in it. No, that's overeating when it starts actually poking out like that. So let's check on that a little bit. Let's check on that. All right, here we go. Here we go. Number five, emotional hunger isn't located in the stomach. It's not located in the stomach. Rather than a growling belly or gas pains from your empty stomach, you feel your hunger as a craving you can't get out of your head. And for those of us that have ever experienced pregnancy, or or better yet, just peop- it, women uh, during our menstrual cycle times, those cravings can be relentless. They're like beasts. You're focused on specific things, certain texture, certain taste, certain smells, and these are the things that, you know, we feel we have to we have to have. And a lot of times, we, you know, like me, I'm not a chocolate eater, really, per se. Don't judge me, all of you chocoholics, but I'm just not. I'm a heart candy girl. But let me tell you, I know when cycle time is approaching because about a week before I want to buy a Snickers, I want Twix, I want an almond, uh, a, uh, what is it, Hershey's with almonds. I love almonds and stuff like that. So I already know, I'm like, this is this cycle, This is some cycle foolishness because I don't even eat chocolate like that. But that's how you can tell a difference between um, emotional hunger and physical hunger. You know, one is really cravings, uh, how would I say, driven. Cravings, driven by cravings. Okay, and then the last one, emotional hunger often leads to regret, guilt, or shame. When you eat to satisfy your physical hunger, you're um, you're, you're more than likely, you're not feeling guilty or ashamed, you know, because you're simply giving your body what it needs. And some of you may be thinking, well, even when I take in on my cravings, I don't feel guilty or ashamed. I understand why, though. That's because we have normalized eating that way. And when we normalize something, most times we don't feel guilty or ashamed about it, even if it's not good for us. But if you feel guilty, like after you eat, you know, um, and you know you've eaten not well, it's likely because you know deep inside that you're not eating for nutritional reasons. You are eating for emotional reasons. Now that we've identified how to distinguish emotional hunger from physical hunger, it is important to identify what triggers your emotional eating. So by identifying the triggers, we can discover what emotions are connected to those times of emotional eating. So we're going to explore different things like the type of situation or feeling that makes you reach for that pint of ice cream or in my case that made me reach for that bag of chips or that pizza. Even if it's a positive emotion or situation like we did with grandma's house, we will reward ourselves with the, the that that whole plate of dinner and then homemade pound cake and peach cobbler or you may just reward yourself with that whole pint of ice cream that is still emotional eating just because it's positive doesn't make it healthy ah okay that was a word for somebody now here are some common causes and triggers uh for emotional eating and i'm looking at my time and i'm hoping i can finish this up for you guys yeah i have to because it won't be long enough to do a part two so we'll just lengthen this just a little bit so i can get it in so here are some of the the common triggers First, stress. Stress is a main common trigger, all right? Uh, Second, uh, stuffing your emotions. 
Okay, because this can be an easy eating is an easy way to kind of temporarily silence or stuff down those uncomfortable emotions. Um, And this could be anywhere from anger all the way to shame. So uh, while you're numbing yourself with food, you're avoiding the difficult emotion. You just rather not feel. All right. Uh, Third thing is boredom or feelings of emptiness. Now, do you ever eat simply to give yourself something to do? like to relieve boredom. I do that sometimes watching TV. I'm bored out of my mind, but I need a snack and I just ate. Like I literally could have just eaten a meal and I'm going to sit down to watch a movie and I need a snack. Anybody else like me? (laughs) I don't feel fulfilled. I feel empty. You know, and this is just literally occupying my mouth, which occupies my time. Um, and it's distracting me from whatever is underlying this dissatisfaction in my, my world. You know what I'm saying? Because I also use television as therapeutic means. So a lot of times I am watching TV to disconnect, to detach from what's going on in my feelings, my my arena of feelings. Um, That was another little secret. Oh, my God. I'm just telling all my secrets here. It's OK, though. I love you guys. And it's for help. Fourth thing, our childhood habits. If you could think back to your childhood memories of food, did your parents reward good behavior with like desserts and fruits and candies? Or did they take you out for junk food like my mom would? You pick your fast food restaurant. What's it going to be? Burger King, McDonald's. Uh, back in that time, it was church's chicken. Pop uh, Okay, I'm getting a little sick, so let me move on from there. But, you know, you do something good. You get a good report card, and they're going to reward you with something good. Or if you are feeling sad, you know, they try to reward, give you certain things to help lift you up. Oh, it's okay. I'm going to take you to get ice cream. It's going to be okay. And these are the type of habits that can often carry over into our adulthood. Um, Or your eating simply can be just driven by nostalgia. You know, just thinking about memories of grilling some nice burgers in the backyard with your family, you know, a little cookout and or baking and eating cakes and cookies with your mom. I know my grandmother was a a, a baker from scratch. So just remembering to take that bowl after she was finished and she would leave a little extra batter in there for me to eat. I find out later in life that Renee, that was not cool. It was raw ingredients. You should not. Okay. But anyways, yeah, that part right there. So childhood habits, social influences, you know, getting together with people for a meal. That's a great way to release stress, but it can also lead to overeating as we know. So we just got to be mindful when we're with our families, when we're with our friends, let's not overeat. And of course, I would be amiss if I did not leave you with a few tips to help you navigate through breaking this cycle of emotional eating. And it's only it's only a few guys. I'm going to run through them first. Start keeping an emotional eating diary. That way you'll know how I'm feeling and what I ate, how I'm feeling when I ate it, how I'm feeling, how much did I eat. Another thing is find other ways to feed your feelings. You know, so if you're depressed or feeling lonely, call somebody so you can feel better. Play with your little fur baby. You know, if you don't have one of those, start going down memory lane for things that are are cherished in the memory. Um, If you're anxious, uh, start dancing or walking or squeezing a stress ball. Like do something that's going to help you expend some nervous energy. If you're exhausted. Get a hot cup of tea, take a bath, light some beautiful, nice candles, throw on some Luther Vandross and and just chill out. You know, or like I like to say, get your favorite glass of wine and then take a nap. 
I'm loving naps lately. Um, if you're bored, go get a read, read a good book. But if you're not a reader, then of course it's going to bore you more. So for those of you that are not readers, you know, maybe go watch a comedy show. Go look outside. Look at these little mutating lizards that look like mini alligators and try to figure their life out, you know. In other words, just do something interesting and something that you enjoy. Maybe you have a hobby that you enjoy. Go for it. You know, that is the time uh, to find other ways to feed your feelings. The third thing, I want you to pause when cravings hit and check in with your feelings. So before you just give in to the craving, say, wait a minute, I'm craving chocolate. Uh, let me feel what's going on. Ah, uh, I see what's going on. It's cycle time, you know, or, oh, I see what's going on. I want pizza. I'm feeling a little low right now or whatever the case is. And I'm just using my comfort foods as examples. Fourth thing, I want you to practice embracing your feelings the good and the bad ones. Too often we avoid them, too often we suppress them, but why don't you start practicing just accepting them and embracing them for what they are. Feelings are not bad. Feelings are, are, all feelings are good. Some are positive and negative, but they are all good, okay? And so I know I said good and bad, but I meant positive and negative. I want you to embrace them all. Fifth thing, practice some mindful eating. In other words, stay in the moment when you're eating. Don't be so distracted because sometimes we're watching movies, we're watching TV, and we're just eating because we're caught up in that moment. Why don't you just turn the TV off, put some soft music on. If you're eating with someone, you know, engage in conversation, but, but make sure you're enjoying the food, savoring the food, enjoying the taste, indulging in what it tastes like and what did they make this with and what's in this. Like, enjoying the moment. Practice mindful eating. Uh, and that's going to also help you make mindful choices while you're eating. And then the last thing, create some healthier lifestyle habits, such as exercising daily, um, getting the proper amount of sleep, which they recommend seven to eight hours, uh, making sure you include some relaxation time in your day, and then stay socially connected. This, These are ways that, and we're not just talking about through social media, physical social connection like real people live people in motion not on comments and pictures all right i'm gonna leave that alone i pray that this episode found you rescued you and helped to place you on a healthier behavior path for your life fam because dealing with emotions can be tricky and downright uncomfortable at times but the end goal is what we have in sight which has been healed which has been healthy which is being whole and with and, and being in a full, uh, robust forward movement. Fam, let me say this. I'm so proud of you. If nobody has told you that today, I am proud of you. Coach Renee is proud of you. You all are doing the most, and I love it. Keep doing the most to leave a healthy legacy for the generations that are to come. Even if you don't have children, we need to be leaving legacies for all these little children. Yes? You got this, fam. We got this. And thank you for allowing me to provide you with strategies and encouragement to move your life forward. I love you, fam. Thank you for your patience. This one was a little beyond the 20 minutes I like to keep it. But I think it was vitally important that I give you everything that I had prepared so that you can take it in its totality and implement it immediately. And until next time, stay safe. Watch those eating patterns, watch those cravings, and give yourself grace as you work to break this cycle over your life. I know you can do it. Have a great one, family.